Monday, folks. I'm Matt with my co-host, Justin. This week's film is The Graduate. Came out in 1967, starring Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft, Catherine Ross, William Daniels, Murray Hamilton, and Elizabeth Wilson. It did win the Oscar for Best uh, Director, Best Director for Mike Nichols. It was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, and actress in leading roles. Okay, Justin, give it to me hard, one word, what it is. All right, my one word's a little bit out there for this one, but I'm going with oscillate. And the definition of oscillate is to move or swing back and forth at a regular speed. And this film has this really unique tempo. It's presented with Dustin's Ho- Dustin Hoffman's character, very melancholy, kind of shallow, but has these random outbursts. And it's only crystallized by the climactic ending of this film, which is kind of insane. Um, and so that's my word. It kind of so, swings back and forth in this, this normal, mellow tempo. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Are you in like physics class? Because I'm pretty sure you're talking about like a pendulum. And we're talking about movies here. So I'm just... Listen, guy. Physics no. circuit physics translates to everything. No reason but no, to try I'm not, to I'm not. pastime, but you're not. Okay, noted. So my word, <laughs> and here we go again. I feel like we're on a, a merry-go-round. My one word is unfinished. You can't pull the same word from another f- review. I said unfinished for another film? Maybe not. Then All right, let's other, hear it. Let's hear this garbage. Unfinished, and if so, it's absurd. And... Here's why. I feel like I watched two movies that were 45 minutes apiece. What? Yes. Now, I'm not saying... (laughs) Come on, man. Okay, so what do we have for the first part of the film? We have... Come on, son. We we have Dustin Hoffman having this affair with Mrs. Robinson, right? And you see him struggle, especially at the beginning, and then... I guess whatever their relationship, if you can call it that, is. And then all of a sudden, the daughter comes in and he turns into a psychopathic stalker. And that's the second half of the film. What it's like to follow a psychopathic stalker. Once again, (laughs) once again, you fail to to grasp the important metaphor and symbolism of this film. Oh, here we go. (laughs) You... The it's like meaning, folks. It's like the the plane just doesn't land with you here. It it just it doesn't click. So you just don't get it. My like big gripe for the film was why did Mrs. Robinson not want him to meet his daughter? I understand she's pretty, but if that's the only reason, then what? A why didn't she want reason. him, dude? She was sleeping with him. Do you know how weird that is for him to then go out with her daughter? There's more. She said it before any of it ever happened. Like before he even met her or knew her. She said, you have to promise me you will never go out with with my daughter. And he says, yes, something, there was some underlying theme that they just refused to explain. And also- if it's about this no. affair and Mrs. Robinson, Mrs. Robinson, aside from like the one clip or two in the last half of the film, she completely dies in uh, after halfway through because it then turns into the daughter and him and his stalkery. I think that's a word. The reason that she doesn't want Elaine to hang out 
with with Ben specifically is because you have this dichotomy in this film between Ben and Elaine representing kind of the next generation and whether or not they're going to follow in the mishaps and failures of their parents. So let's go through Mrs. Robinson. She married a lawyer or a to-be lawyer, got pregnant before marriage, forced into marriage, now is clearly very wealthy, but lives in a miserable, loveless marriage. And in many ways, Elaine and Ben represent something that, that counteracts that because all of these suburban parents in this film are asking Ben, what do you want to do with your life? Oh, the one guy talks about plastics. We'll get you into plastics. You know, all of this stuff is shuffling him in the direction of the lifestyle of all of these parents. But Ben doesn't want that. Ben gets clearly very anxious time and time again. And this movie uses really, really transparent symbolism, such as him literally sinking underwater. There's a really extended shot in which he's in scuba gear underwater. You feel like he's drowning because he does not want to go down the path of his parents. And Mrs. Robinson recognizes this youthful rebellion in him. And that's why she's sexually attracted to him and pursues the affair. But what she wants for Elaine is for Elaine to essentially fall into the same path that Mrs. Robinson did, get married, pursue marriage, you know, a traditional lifestyle. And she doesn't want her to hang out with Ben because Ben represents the exact opposite of that. And that is why she, it's one, you know, it's weird to go out with, with her when you're sleeping with her mother. Like this isn't Stacy's mom out here. But we're, two, we're doing a reverse Eskimo brothers here. We've got Eskimo sisters. Is that, yeah, yeah, is that a thing? Uh, I don't think we. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. I'm sorry. But that that's what's going on here, and and that's why there's there's this this significance in that relationship, and why the daughter even exists as a character, is to represent going in the opposite direction of the traditionalist narrative that all of these parents represent. So my my only my only problem with that is we didn't see Elaine have that type of difference from either her mother or from him. We didn't know enough about Elaine and who she was to say that should have been the underlying theme because all I saw was her come back, Dustin treating her terribly by taking her to the strip club. What I mean that's quite a move one way or another. Scene. And and then her you know, them liking each other, her going off to you know, college or grad school or whatever, and him following her. I don't think we know enough about Elaine for me personally Listen, to say that was the underlying theme. You absolutely do. The moment that they go on the date together, there's this cloud around Elaine in which the parents are constantly encouraging him to ask Elaine out. Even Mr. Robinson makes a comment about it, I believe, when they first meet. So there's this precursor and this this tension building up to him taking her out that it almost feels natural in the storyline for when he actually does. And the reasons that it comes about isn't even her decision. It's because the uh, Ben's family was going to have the Robinsons over and he didn't want that to happen. So he decided to go out with Elaine. So it, it creates this scenario where one, Elaine is not intended to be a main character for the first half of this film. But when she evolves, she becomes very central to driving the theme of this film home. There is a very defined theme. It's no coincidence that this movie came out in the 60s, in which you have this massive difference between old and new cultures. You know, some of these themes in these yeah, movies you're are so subtle. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree. But if if that's the theme, 
these films are so subtle that they need to really work on their on their dude this one was so blatantly obvious are you kidding me me, to me i saw i saw a guy who didn't know what he wanted didn't really want to do anything always kind of said oh when everyone asked him he always like oh i don't really have any plans right now i don't really have a job and stuff and he he was tired of living up to the expectations of his parents and he sleeps with this woman because he doesn't have much better things to do and then he goes all psychopathic okay who would marry that i mean there's there's an, there's acts of love and then there's complete over the top buffoonery no. here's why sorry i i just i know this film i feel like i i just oh, i thought about it did you have a mrs robinson for the record no i did not okay tbd no what um well, anyway so <laughs> <laughs> so the the guy that she's marrying i think his name is curtis or something you know curtis represents in many ways that normal so you get married when you're young go down this path and the reason that it fits the narrative where lane runs away with ben in which it does strike a little weird it, initially it's like okay i love her but then it's a little bit weird when he goes up to berkeley and how he acts you know but there's one quote, and this is the most important quote of this film, and this is what really seals the deal for the meaning. It's uh, Mrs. Robinson says to Elaine, it's too late when Ben shows up at the wedding. And Elaine says back as they're running away, not for me. Because Mrs. Robinson captured in a loveless, loveless marriage, 50-something, gonna divorce inevitably after after the affair breaks. And it is too late for her. And Elaine recognizes the path that Mrs. Robinson took. Marry young, take the conservative route. And Elaine doesn't want anything to do with that. And Ben's erratic behavior represents a perfect contrary decision from that. And it makes complete sense in the end. You're saying Elaine didn't want to end up like Mrs. Robinson? She's marrying Absolutely. him like at 20 she's right out of college she's just like no him. she that was gonna get married to curtis instead she ran away with this guy who actually has, the path is untold in front of them technically from what i saw they got married and then she still ran away the ceremony okay. was over e- either way and You're, either way don't they're both that. they're both still young justin they're both yeah and I they mean, didn't get married they ran away together. The film ends. You can with this assume weird, they get married. The film specifically ends with them both staring into this camera with a slightly concerned look, but also that feeling of excitement where they just ran away, but they have the whole life in front of them. And now they're going to be confronted by the adulthood challenges that are required. That's what's in front of them. But that's not what this film is about. This film is about detaching from the traditional pathway, the traditional lifestyle of it, this film articulates these parents so well. It, it, does, it does everything it can to mock think, the tr- the classic suburban lifestyle. I, it it I mocks it in every way, know, shape, and form. I don't think we know about Elaine enough and who she is to say that's that. That's just me. But we're moving on here. This film isn't about Elaine, dude. No, but but to say yeah. she doesn't want to end up like her mother. I don't know enough about her to say oh her character and how she portrays it 
is exactly opposite of her mother, yet her mother tries to make her like herself, which I don't think is the case. Her mother's a closed carcass, doesn't want to engage with anyone. Elaine on their date is lively. There's so many contrasts to their personalities. It's kind of insane. 25 years younger, 20 years. Okay. So, boom. Characters. I'm going to bring up characters. I know we pretty much kind of just talked about it, but there's one point I want to make or one statement I would like to make. So, to me, the first half of the film, Dustin Hoffman. This is going to go down in the record books as one of the best phrases of all time. I wrote down, Dustin Hoffman in the first half of the film is a whiny, insecurely incompetent, imbecilic, prepubescent newt. Now, it's quite a mouthful. I can't stand him because he's so, not even unsure, because I think that's what he's supposed to be, but he just whines so much. He's always like, oh, Mrs. Robinson, yes. And then he like goes back and says, oh, Mrs. Robinson, no, I can't do this. He just, he drives me nuts and I wanted to throw a vase. You got to have a sympathetic bone. What's sympathetic His character bone? Is, is like mildly ab- uh, annoying, but the reason that it's annoying is he has all of these expectations imposed on him by parents for the first 40 minutes of this film and he doesn't want anything to do with it and they won't hear him out for not wanting anything to do with it in fact his mom is his dad is one pushy and his mom is so painfully hands-off that she starts to inquire about his what she thinks is his sex life and immediately box because she doesn't want to risk the relationship they have that she has with her son like it's kind of nuts how fragile this kid is in the grand scheme of like that lifestyle looked miserable and this is where dustin hoffman deserved the best actor is because he makes you feel uncomfortable he makes you feel congested and claustrophobic in this film and it's so apparent in the first half and he does such a phenomenal job in his demeanor how he talks his general composure and it's intended to feel like that he's intended to act like that because it just represents the confusion that he feels i'm not saying he's not but i could not stand it i i don't it, it portrayed it well but it also to me was on the verge of just like skip the first half of the film i could what? i couldn't stand it i i couldn't stand for the first 25 minutes you don't literally appreciate goes, quality no this 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 is a fun, this is a good film i'm not saying it's a bad film i just think it's two small films put together in one that's just so I, stupid. I just thought he was I thought he was so whiny. I I haven't seen that and I was I was not a huge fan of that the first. I'm not saying it did a bad job, you know. Clearly it was supposed to be like that, but I think it was almost over the top. I think you could have done it a little more subtly where you don't drive me possibly being the only person insane. All right, we're going to go to about that one, chief. I couldn't stand him. The first, I couldn't stand the character. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you the question that I have, you brought up the water and I wrote it down as the question, the, what is the significance specifically? It, sh- it has like three or four scenes and the one is very long, but I also want to bring up the different things he's wearing because the one time it's like a like a underwater scuba suit. What is that? I, I think I have something for myself. I want to hear what you have because I think I'm right. Oh. You go first. <laughs> cocky <laughs> so i think it's clearly it's it's about to me his life and what he doesn't want to do and what he doesn't want to tell people and doesn't want to be involved with all of their future talk because he has no clue i still think he's like a 12 year old prepubescent newt but i think it has to do with him getting away from people getting away from everything that he doesn't want to be doesn't want to deal with 
and he gets his peace and quiet almost to almost to think and to me i think he almost decides to to partake with mrs robinson because of the water i think each time he goes in he gets a little more he gets a little closer to mrs robinson because initially he's like no then there's the water scene and then he calls her and then they have that bar little bar scene where he like tells her to sit down sits next to him and then he goes to the payphone to call her up to the room and then it gets a little more casual the the like what he's wearing specifically i i don't know i to me it's almost like a reverse thing where he kind of wants to be in his own world so he gets a giant jumpsuit for himself i really don't know if that actually stands personally but that's kind that's, of was my thought that's the great thing about art is you can come up with your own theories and that is one theory that that is something i think he i think the real quick i think the the full suit is him blocking everyone else out and him doing what he wants to do particularly in the second half when he goes absolutely loony and psycho and follows the girl around because i mean even his mother thought he was crazy when he said i'm going to propose to her and i haven't even told her yet or i'm going to marry her so yeah that's what i think i don't know if so right. the water one hand and in, in my opinion represents early on when he's in that scuba suit his dad is the one that wants him to be in the scuba suit you know when dustin hoffman is in the house he's like dad can we talk about this and he's and his dad's like i can only hold him off for so long son get out of here and you know his dad keeps going back and forth back and forth in this really long drawn out sequence and then he comes out and he jumps in the water in the scuba suit the scuba suit was what was put on him and he's in that that's the really long cut of the water where it's just a a shot of his old body underwater and you get this feeling of, of just drowning right drowning in decisions drowning in options he doesn't know what he wants to do he is just too much hitting him at once but interestingly right after he sleeps with mrs robinson for the first time he's not drowning underwater anymore he's actually laying on a floaty above water drinking beer and that's not you know just just misplaced coincidence his his clothes change after he sleeps with Mrs. Robinson. It's almost as if this youthfulness and confidence and like elimination of this drowning muster over his head is gone. And when he's laying on this floaty, his parents then come out and he flips over and falls back into the water and they ask him, what are you doing with all of your time? So in many ways, the water represents he's drowning when he feels pressure from his parents, but he's above the water when he's able to go and make his own decisions. When he's able to kind of go and live the, in many ways, rebellious lifestyle that he has chosen. Okay. Honestly, I'm going to say I'm at least 65 or 70% what you said, just so you don't have to grill me this time. But What's your hot take? We're not at the end yet. <laughs> we're not at the end yet. All right. So I can't. Did, did you have a hot take for this one? What do you think the theme of this film is? Or I'm sorry, not theme, like well, genre. Uh, to me, this is strictly true drama. See, I thought this was a, com a a comedy drama, a dramedy. Oh dear God! I, this film's hysterical. <laughs> when when did you laugh? I, his I mean, awkwardness. Like, yeah, his at awkwardness, the beginning like, is funny. His erratic behavior at the end is funny. That's not um, a that that that's the, not the, the suspense scenes are not meant to be drama ridden in many ways. They're meant to be comedy. Google, Google the theme. I'll Google it right now. 
All right, you Google it. I'm Googling it. I see the awkwardness, but to me, that just because you make something right. awkward. It's categorized as a romance comedy. drama. But Boom, like, not a comedy. In it. <laughs> wow, you buffoon. Listen, I laughed, and I'm going to stand by the fact that I thought it was funny. There were many parts of this film that I thought were very, very funny. I just thought he was crazy. I'm not going to apologize for that. I thought he was crazy. I thought- um, You had a more formulated opinion than that, no? Other than him being crazy? No, I mean, no, I, 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 I mean, I just told you what I thought the water meant. So clearly I see him coming out of his, I don't know what you call it, shell or blockade or whatever it is. So I see that. Does that lead him to being going over the top and and overcompensating by no. stalking this girl? I mean, that's what he does at at her college, and I think it's California. I mean, he stalks her. He gets the room on campus. He does. And he yeah. follows her. I mean, that's he does. That's that's why I think if weird. it was, I think it was more very weird. If he just kept trying, I think it would have been a better film than him going crazy because they they. They just kind of thrust it on there, and it it didn't necessarily hit. I, I'm not saying this is a bad film. I'm just saying I feel like I watched two different things happening that didn't necessarily combine overall. Overall, great. I thought if we ever draft a film, let's things. not have you be in charge of the screenplay. I will make the best screenplay because everyone would understand what I'm saying. Unlike some <laughs> of this stupid stuff of whatever so okay one thing i loved about this movie if i may shoot in is the music i'm a huge simon and garfunkel fan yeah and you know while the music was not written directly for this film it fits so perfectly well it fits so well i mean even the sound of silence let's uh, talk about falls in the just the perfect moments the sound of silence you're right i think I mean, there's so much speculation about what exactly it is. And honestly, forthtelling of certain things, you know, electronic devices I've heard as well. I'm, I'm so baffled that that song could fit so perfectly into a movie that I, I don't have a whole lot of words for it. But hello, darkness, my old friend, darkness. I know. Uncertainty, Uncertainty the future. Yes. I'm saying it's so flawless as how well it fits aside from the song being amazing that yeah you're right even the do 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 they're great even the other songs that even i don't even know the words to but watching the movie and listening to them you're like wow this fits so well into it i i haven't heard a soundtrack that fits perfectly normally they're kind of fun type of songs but this had the meaning of whatever you wanted this movie to be clearly we disagree but it it was so perfectly fit in that I've never seen anything like it. So kudos to Simon and Garfunkel and whoever put this soundtrack together because you crushed it. I mean, I'd give you an Oscar win for that. Sorry, I wasn't born 40 years ago. No, but it, it, it's, it's, it was fantastic. I mean, it, it fits perfectly. Um, it, it contributes to a lot of the edginess that you feel in this film with, with what Ben is experiencing. I I also loved the camera shots of him in the under the water because you had what his view was through the lens and like this the scope of it being like small and to yep. me that was like how how much he thought his life sucked and how he couldn't diverge from that small tunnel that his parents put him on and and the path that was laid for him 
Um, and then I think you're right when, when he kind of relaxes and he feels like a, like a dude who, you know, did what he wanted and just relaxing with the beer and telling his parents, you know, I'm not really in a rush and they know he goes out at midnight and doesn't come back till late. And he, he knows he has some power in that. Um, so I thought some of the shots were very cool and you're there right. There were some really good close-ups as well, especially at the beginning. They do these really uncomfortable close-ups of, of Dustin Hoffman and it contributes to that just congested feeling of discomfort. Like you feel as this guy walks through that opening party, his pain <laughs> of having to interact with all of these wealthy, wealthy parents. He hates it. And the camera shots, you know, that, that's where it's a blend of script acting and you know other effects that's that's you can't you can't teach that like it, it really hits that that notion home i'd say that's fair um let, let's talk about let's talk about uh or unless you had something else to add i was gonna say let's talk about the ending oh i was gonna say acting but ending works too we can talk about uh, acting no we'll go ending so you mean like the specific bus or that whole last scene where he's driving yeah runs out of gas runs to the place and then yeah. Bam. So, <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was like such a scrub move. He just looked like a scrub. I don't know why. It just it just looked funny. So that I was a comedy piece right there. Freaking loved this ending, dude. It was bananas. It's not what I, I was mean, expecting. So here's what I was expecting. I was expecting that because clearly you saw something coming. I was not expecting whatsoever them to actually get the wedding ceremony finished and then her running off as a newlywed with someone else that was peculiar to me i was expecting like a tragedy here where like he gets arrested or shot or something like some some sort of tragedy where where th- he doesn't get the girl because it was so erratic and just well kind of insane <laughs> it was insane but that's why that's why i thought he wasn't going to i was i didn't think he was going to get the girl because when they show them kiss and the ceremony done i thought that was it i thought he was going to give up but no elaine then all of a sudden says i'm just going to run away with you for no reason yeah i got i got this note it's like well that escalated quite rapidly pulling <laughs> from ron burgundy and anchorman because like this really got out of hand really quickly I mean, the the last that that ending of this film is is really quick. Here's especially here's the, thing. the wedding scene. It's like, holy shit, what's going on? Yeah, well, here's the thing: it got out of hand so quick for Dustin, right at the halfway mark, and then Elaine all of a sudden know, went crazy. Mark. It was it was right when right when he went. But he on starts that going crazy when when Mrs. Robinson finds out, which has to be the last thirty minutes, or no, when Elaine finds he, out about because because he keeps wanting to go to Elaine. Yeah. And he he's like attached to her, so I think he starts the process fairly quickly right then. I, I say halfway because it was close, but you're well, right. Either way, then he I turns mean. insane. But but he starts he starts quickly right at the beginning. Elaine just flips on a switch after she gets married in her dress. No. I mean yeah, she's clearly inching towards him, but she thinks she, you know yes, how can this but, work? Yes, she's but she's inching she towards him for forty five minutes, even though inching. But she, she slept with her mom. He, she just left her newly wedded husband on the altar after they kissed to run off with Once another again, guy. Matt, that is a because it's not events. too late for her to control how her life unfolds. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about how how quickly well, each character turned this? it on. I think it's like I almost think it's backwards. The one guy did it so fast at the beginning. The one girl does it so fast at the end. I don't know if they'll make it. Who knows? I mean, I think he's kind of crazy, but. 
I mean, this ending was was fantastic. I mean, when he punches Mr. Robinson and like knocks him over, and then he takes like the cross, the cross and whacks and people, uses it as, like, a and sword, then blocks yeah. it on the door. Like, yeah, it it was freaking. It it was hilarious. I was it, laughing. It was the funny. entire time, and how they just take off sprinting. Um, so it was just really funny. It was a good break of some of the tension earlier because, like. It's really, it was really cringy when he goes and tells Elaine that he was sleeping with her mom. That That's rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah. That was incredibly uncomfortable. Let, let me ask you, when, when you saw them on the bus and that 30 second, one minute, however long it was when it just stares at them, what, what were you thinking? Like, I initially thought, oh, they're going to run and get married. And then you're right. It kind of becomes a little awkward there and you're kind of unsure what's going to happen with them after they did it. I, I ended up thinking, I ended up thinking that they're actually not really going to make it at all whatsoever. And I think they're just going to kind of go live their lives. I initially thought they yeah. would right when they got, I on. think, I think it was just settling of like, there's a little bit, you know, you can run around and be reckless. But at some point, you're going to have to reconcile the fact that you got to grow up. And I, I think that that's the face that hits them is they're like, okay, we did this split second decision thing. We're happy we did it. And now it's settling in that there are consequences to, the, to this decision. And it intentionally leaves it open, I think. It, their look at the end to me doesn't tell you that they're relationship is going to fall apart i still think that they're going to live happily ever after but that face shows that you know it's all fun and games until reality hits you and reality will hit you <laughs> that's fair okay um let's let's go with acting for a little bit what did you think across the board for certain people i thought i thought dustin hoffman did a phenomenal job i thought thought the one, you know, broadly most of the acting had that like 60s era style. There's just a different feel to the acting, especially with like the woman. It's just, I don't know if it's how the screen's written differently or something, but there was just a different feel. I think, you know, end to end, everyone did really well in this film. Um, I think they all kind of did the role that they were responsible for. I think Elaine was, was good um, at showing confusion. I have a feeling you're going to say you didn't think she did a good job. <laughs> As he said, I'll, I'll t it's part of my hot take. I, I think she did a good job. I would say I think she just did a good job of showing her job in this film was to be in a very impossible spot, which is be being in love with someone who's slept with your mom. And I think she portrays that in a very confused sense very, very well. Very confused, uncertain. Um, so I think she did mediocre. I don't think it was that great. I don't think it was God awful. What I do think in here, and it might just be a take. I don't know truly that hot. I think Anne, Mrs. Robinson, should have won, won the Oscar. I think she did better acting than Dustin. And I think her persona of how she came across That's as silly. Mrs. Robinson, I was so – so the only part that connected, I was, I was so waiting for – what Mrs. Robinson was going to do because of, I think, the acting and how she was portrayed because you you don't know much about her. 
you know that she is when she gets pissed off, she gets pissed off and it'll ruin your life. And I was so hopeful to see how she was going to ruin Dustin's life when she kept saying, don't tell him or, or don't date her. Don't date my daughter. And you knew he was like holding off. And then when he did, I was, I was, I was, to me, it was almost like a villain moment where you're like, what is she going to do to this guy since he just completely broke the promise he made? We get it, Matt. We get it. You were turned on by Mrs. Robinson. We get it. (laughs) We get it. You and everyone else that watched this film. She did a great job at being this little. But she was so mysterious. (laughs) And it was the way that she was played. She didn't say very many words. She, she was, she played, and maybe it was because Dustin was so incompetent in terms of like the character. Like he was so, he was so young. He was so, um, inexperienced and she was so experienced and older that maybe that's why, because you had such the huge gap there, but I thought she was, I thought her ability. Now Dustin did a great job. I mean, she I did a fine job. I mean, I, think I don't think her amazing. role was significant enough for there to be a, an Oscar worthy moment here. I mean, she doesn't really do much in this movie, except but she does a ton with being enticing she little portrays mouse. it. Enticing, but you feel like she's gonna she's gonna snap, especially when they get together. I also want to point out, I think Dustin does a he does a good job in the beginning. I think he really turns it on when he goes all psycho stalker. I, agree. I think you really I think, but I, really I think the opening I think the first half was more challenging as an actor to do. I think it's more and, challenging and, right. and, to and show it's, that it's, I think it's challenging, but it's also kind of hard because you're he was kind of supposed to be monotone. He's kind of supposed to be awestruck in a way. And so I think he plays it well. I think it's part of the character, but I he definitely shines, but Mrs. Robinson and how she was portrayed with so so few words and it was more her actions and how she said the words were what was enticing. And I think she did a phenomenal job about it. So given she was up for the Oscar, I would have I, – I haven't seen the other films from this, this Oscar Listen, year. But while, while she I thought was, it was amazing. While she was cinema's first cougar per se, she, <laughs> she, she didn't – she did a good job. She did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't think that she, this film isn't about her in any way. She's just a tool to represent the conundrum that Ben is facing. A tool. Yeah. But to me, that's a supporting act like no Should other. Should she have gotten the Oscar for it? She did a good job. I don't know. I don't think she has enough she was dialogue nominated. in this film. There's only one real scene. There's only one real scene where there's dialogue that really gives depth to her. And it's when he's starting to put his clothes on and she says, don't ever see Elaine basically at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. You know, she does a good job, but like, I think there's two other primary characters in this film and it's actually not according to the Oscars. Mrs. Robinson was leading character. Elaine was supporting character nomination. So well, I don't know. You know. I think I have a much better argument than you. Time, so, but not this one percent. You're, you're going to agree with the Academy? Yeah, okay, there is <laughs> <laughs> the one percent. I'm right all the time. All right, let's hear the hot take. Well, that that kind of was my hot take. I think I think Anne deserved the Oscar, and she was the best performer. 
I, I I don't I, I think she did a great job, um, but I, I think you're you're discounting Dustin Hoffman's talent here a hundred percent. He did a phenomenal job as well, but you kind of knew, especially when he went all psycho, what he like what he was doing. I think to have so few lines portrayed in a almost villainous aspect of what she was. I mean, she didn't have many lines. She, she I want, I was so intrigued at what was going to happen to Dustin when it, when they got together, when Elaine and, and Dustin got together. And to have that portrayal from someone who, you're right, was only in the film probably half of the minutes, maybe less, but who had such an impact on the film itself for one, pretty much like you said, she's the opposite of what Elaine ends up being. And for the fact that I think if you ha- like, not that this film has a villain, but she had a mean side to her that you didn't fully see, but you knew was there and was very intriguing as to what could have happened with her and what she could have done to ruin anyone's life, not just Dustin's. That's fair. I mean, so I think it's more of just a take rather than a true hot take, but yet again, she didn't win. She's also only in it half the time, but I think she was an outstanding actress. In I think she film. did a great job. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on this. Um, I, I also don't think that it has to be a Dustin versus her in this film. I think that they both well, no, probably they enabled do. the other to do a very good job. They did. And and, and I, I agree. And again, Dustin was well-deserved of his, his nomination, no question, especially specifically for the second half. But I think Mrs. Robinson, her legacy on the film goes throughout the whole film, yet she wasn't really in the last half at all. So I think that has a pronounced effect of what she did as an actress um, for the film. When yeah. to me it had such an effect on myself. Okay. Just reviewing some of my notes here. Some of these are really funny. Mostly just like how cringe this film can get. I just literally wrote cringe in capital letters. <laughs> nice. Oh, there's one line actually that I want to reference here, and uh, I forget it, it, it's it's Ben. He says this. Um, and he says like, I forget who it was too, but he just goes to be perfectly honest. She doesn't like me (laughs) and I forget who he says it to, but he says it in such like a a jokingly straight manner. I think it actually may have been when he told his parents that he was going to propose. And at the end, he's like, to be perfectly honest, she doesn't like me. me. And, and it's so funny because you're like, what the hell is going on here? He just told his parents that he's going to go propose to a girl he hasn't seen, doesn't want to talk to him (laughs) and he openly acknowledges it. it And so at that point, you're like, this is about to get good yeah <laughs> i i, I want to know how many takes that took because i would have started laughing when he just goes yeah. oh sh- she doesn't even like me but i'm marrying her anyway yeah i would have started laughing i did yeah. actually i know i laughed at that point so good. yeah all right well thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen on movie ticket monday here what's your rating oh you're right oh oh Dude, damn we're film wrap up here i gotta roast oh. you for your number come on weekly um, occurrence come on come on son 6.5 Really? Seven, maybe? 6.75, rounded up to a seven. Far off. All right. So, yeah, I go with the six. six final and a thoughts? Half. Final thoughts? I would rewatch this film again just to watch the acting and maybe to try to listen to your perspective on, on the. I, I kind of see it. I just don't think it was an, an imperative part of the film. And I don't think that's what they were trying to do. But I, um, I thought the acting was superb. I thought Anne. I would watch it again for Anne and Dustin and. 
I guess the the interaction that goes with it. Though I might skip the first half because I can't stand his <laughs> <Jesus> whining. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a disaster. Right. Some final thoughts. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I loved this film. This was fantastic. And I'm not a big old cinema kind of guy, you know, from that golden age of cinema in the 60s and 70s. But I thought that this was such a well-crafted comical comedy, drama, whatever you want to call it. Great acting. I really empathized with the plot. I think a lot of people empathize with the plot of being asked, like, what do you want to do with your life? And like this film coming out in the 60s was like pretty sexual in nature for stuff, you know, previous there, stuff, yeah. you know, for cinema and everything yeah, at the time. A first, a first. Yeah. Sure. And, and I think in many ways it was designed like that to once again represent the new, the new era the new direction that young people wanted to go in. It coincided with the, the, you know, the hippie revolution of the sixties and all of this stuff. And, and I think it encapsulated that decade so well, which you can't always say for a movie, my only critique and it predated it by a few decades in terms of release, but an alternative theme song would have been Stacy's mom. Oh my God. You know, we should do Breakfast at Tiffany's, and then you can tell me if that song... That would have vibed well, too. <laughs> Deep Blue Something. I'm pretty sure. Big Blue Something. Stacey's yeah. mom I would, I would love to see if that actually fits on. the movie. All right, we're done here. Thanks for joining us on Movie Ticket Monday. Next week's film is going to be The Pianist. So watch it. Stick with us. You take care. Stay classy, and we'll see you next Monday. <laughs>